San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer. Happy New Year. We're coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you could hear us on any device. All these podcasts are heard commercial-free on iymoney.com. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a best-selling author and lecturer. He is a competitive marathon runner and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. Happy New Year. And how are you tonight? Hey, it's great to be in 2016. <laughs> it's a brand new year. I'm doing a perfect job of keeping my New Year's resolutions, which was to make no resolutions whatsoever. So really? Two days in a row, I've been perfect. I've been keeping mine. I, uh, I resolved to eat more fiber bars, and I'm feeling very good about that. So when... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You will lose weight, folks. I highly recommend those. So, but uh, anyway. You know that, Joe, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> Justin, how are you doing in the new year? Are you doing good? I'm giving a big thumbs up from Justin. So, but anyway, to kick off the new year, we've got, uh, I always like to do something special. And we have a very special guest on tonight uh, who's actually coming to us remotely from Rancho Mirage. But uh, I've known this gentleman for several years. Uh, his dad was very notable, and, 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 and our guest in his own right, just the same. But anyone who remembers the Marx Brothers remembers Groucho and, and uh, Chico and Harpo. And we have the son of Harpo, and his name is Bill Marx, and he's on the line right now. And, Bill, Happy New Year. How are you? Well, Happy New Year to you guys <laughs> and everybody that's listening uh, I bet most of us never thought we'd get to 2016, <laughs> but we made it, didn't we? Yeah, we're hanging in there. So far, so good. It's only second day, but <laughs> let's not <laughs> That's judge. That's what you think. Yeah. <laughs> but, Bill, to back up, I, I, uh, just so people know where I originally met you and in, in, in the cool thing that I saw, but uh, you, you and a friend named Carol McLaughlin, who was a renowned symphony harpist, were doing a, and of course you're a, an accomplished pianist and uh, musician yourself, um, were doing a piano and harp show uh, at a little bookstore that isn't even there anymore. But I go, I'm going to this thing, and boy, it just uh, the music was just so wonderful. And, of course, I went up and talked with you and Carol afterward, and, and uh, we became good friends, and I've met you and your wife and, and been to uh, your home and seen, seen your wall, your, the Harpo Wall of Fame, and, you know, you're, you're just a terrific guy. So, <laughs> But that, that was... Can a, I go now? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't get any better than that, Bill. It certainly doesn't. <laughs> so, Bill, and I know, you're, I, I know that your whole story about how you became the son of Harpo is, is fascinating, but because uh, uh, all, all you, your siblings were all adopted, correct? Correct. Yeah. We were all adopted. Yeah. Uh, my, my mother hated show business. Uh -huh. She made more, she was in more films than the Marx Brothers made, <clears throat> and she just wanted to get out and finally. Uh, God Harpo was a confirmed bachelor mm -hmm. to marry her after f four years of chasing him around instead. Yeah. And uh, and when they got married, he was already just about 50 years old. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, it's about time that you go back to your roots and have family around you all the time. Let's go out and adopt some kids. Uh -huh. 
and because they couldn't have any, so that's that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. And he became uh, a, a remarkable family man. And, he, and, he just loved it. And, and tell and, us uh, the whole story how they selected you from uh, the, uh, or the, the. I know there was a VIP involved in that story, right? You. Remember? Well, there was. Uh, uh, I, I will tell you this shameless promo uh, that <laughs> it's in my book, uh, "Son of Harpo Speaks." Uh-huh. Dad wrote a book called "Harpo Speaks," and uh-huh. so I wrote a book called "Son of Harpo Speaks." Right. And it's basically about my relationship uh, as a, as him being my father, and also working with him professionally mm-hmm. uh that um that's basically the story almost everything else has been written about the marx brothers but this one uh was a little different and it had a little bit of a, a twist for mm-hmm. especially for women mm-hmm. uh in the sense that uh i i uh i accidentally uh, and purely uh, i'm playing in a club called Dino's Lodge in the <laughs> 60s in, in, on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. And a guy, a three-piecer, came in, and he would <laughs> have dinner and, and uh, listen to me. And I would always play his favorite song uh, called uh, Lo- The Look of Love. So oh, yes. mm-hmm. one night he, he, he motioned me over and he said, let's have a, have a drink. And I said, okay. He said, we're, we're going to celebrate something tonight. Guess what? My, my wife and I... We just adopted a child, and uh, I, I read your, your dad's book, and uh, I know you're adopted, and we'd love for you to be uh, this child's godfather. Wow. And I, I said, well, uh, I'm not Catholic, and, and he says, oh, that doesn't matter. It's okay. You just come on down to the place this Sunday. They're going to baptize the kid. And <laughs> it won't make any difference. We'll just, we'll, we'll just have a good time. So I go down there uh, to Loma Linda in an orange grove, and I, for the first time I meet his wife, and, and uh, there, there's a little parish there, uh-huh. and uh, the 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 the, um, the fella the priest says i want to go in and get some some uh, data and it was for the uh, birth certificate mm-hmm. so we go in and he asks uh, each of us uh what what uh, actually his wife is outside with the the uh, child mm-hmm. who's just been baptized or anointed or whatever they do and uh <laughs> And, and I'm in there, and, and he says, and, and what's your name? And I said, William Marks, and I said, I said M-A-R-X. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and what is the name of the, the adopting mother? And uh, Jim, this guy, he said, uh, the, her name is Donna Morin. And he said, no, I want her maiden name. And uh, and the guy said, uh, Clapperich. And... And, and the priest says, "How do you spell that?" And <laughs> and I immediately said, "K L A P P E R I C H." And Jim looked at me and he says, "How do you know that that that?" I said, "Because 30 years ago, when I was adopted from the Children's Home Society in Los Angeles, my name was Clapperich." Huh. And 
that was weird. And needless to say, we said, well, obviously, this is, it's a strange name, and uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, we thought nothing more of it, except we went out and I saw this gal, Donna, the adopting mother, and we talked about it a little bit, and she says, no, I'm, I'm sure we're not related because nobody has ever mentioned it, you know, before and all of that kind of stuff. So, and uh, we had a nice time, and I went home, and next day I get a call from Donna, the mm-hmm. adopting mother. She says, I got to tell you something. You're my first cousin. Oh, wow. my gosh. Isn't that something? And, wow. and, 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 of course, I was flabbergasted. I said, how do you know? He said, well, <clears throat> because it was in, in a time when there was all kinds of taboos, you know, uh, 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 religious taboos. Mm-hmm. And it turns out my birth father was Polish Jew and mm. my mother was Polish Catholic. Mm. And her father forbade them to get married. Oh. And uh, unfortunately, she wound up getting pregnant and uh, mm-hmm. and had to give me up for adoption, ultimately. And that's how it all happened. Yeah. So, so it, it was really weird, and then I find out the guy I've known for a couple of years. It turns out that on my father's side, he's my first cousin too. And, <laughs> wow. and, 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 was this all yeah, legal? It, it just got weirder and weirder. Oh it's my. in my book, okay. and it's a very strange thing. And the, it, it kind of chronicles what I turned out. I was never interested in knowing where I came from or whatever, but I, I had to follow up because it was so strange just by happenstance right i mean yeah i mean it's a one in 200 million shot uh, uh, that you're going to wind up with your first cousin who incidentally is a magnificent artist uh, kind of contemporary cubist she is uh, she's shown all over southern california wonderful we'll talk more about her we've got some lucy music we got to take a break though bill we'll be right back with bill mark son of harpo right after this hang on And you bet your life. Yes, you will. <laughs> All right. Anybody who's, I guess, over 50 has got to remember that great show, You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx. We're talking with the son of Harpo Marx, Bill Marx, and we just got a little bit about his birth history. And, of course, I know in the orphanage, uh, I think it was a, it was a um, w- William Randolph Hearst girlfriend might have uh, uh, a young help. lady by the name of Marion Davies yes. was in a lot of movies. Yeah. And uh, she was the one that arranged a phony Catholic wedding right. between my, my Harpo and Susan right. so that they could bring me home because that was one of the stipulations that people had to be Catholic. Right. So <clears throat> she had just donated $2 million to a parish across the street from MGM where they were and shooting that, and that's when two uh, million, Day at the Races. Yeah. What? And that's when $2 million was $2 million. That was what year was that? That had to be in the, what, the late 40s or something? Or? It was 1938. 38, wow. But um, I know that she, and of course, when your when your mother first she was going through trying to decide which child they want, she and your dad and you immediately bonded with her, right? Yep, I bonded with her completely, mm-hmm. and it was, and I was already fourteen months old. Mm-hmm. I was another person at mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> it was in the middle of a hunger strike, obviously uh, abandonment. This is not 
it, 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 it seems like it's not a happy story for mm. a happy new year, but mm. it really is. Yeah. I, I'm t- you're talking to the luckiest guy in the entire world. Yeah. I don't know what I would have been doing, uh, where I would have been doing it if it hadn't been for Susan and Harpo. Hmm. So uh, I'm. It it, it it has a great happy ending. So uh, to go along with the Happy New Year that we're yeah. celebrating today. So but, and, you, and you were the oldest child, right? You were the oldest. Of yeah, yeah, and they, they apparently spoiled me, and they decided after five years that they'd had <laughs> enough of me. So they went out and they adopted three more children. <laughs> None of us are alike at all. Really? But I wound up. I wound. I mean, you're talking to probably, probably the last vertical vaudevillian you'll ever know in your life, because I worked with my dad there in, in uh, all over the place, uh, and and also with the passing of Irving Brecker, who wrote two screenplays for them. I am now the the last living. Uh, person that has ever worked with all three Marx Brothers professionally. So that's a very dubious distinction. Yeah. Because when I'm gone, there's nobody else. Yeah. Well, Groucho got the nickname Groucho because he was kind of a grouch. But uh, I always had heard that the two most beloved people in Hollywood were Stan Laurel and Harpo Marx. I mean, as far as everybody in the industry like, you know, liking, they were the go-to person if you had a problem, right? And the confidant and, and, um, so, just right. He was at, he was always at peace with himself, my dad, mm-hmm. and that's very kind that that people say that. Mm-hmm. I I must say I've never encountered anybody that didn't have kind words to say about my dad. Yeah. He died without an enemy, really, and that's yeah. not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, or or you or you shoot your enemies first and then die. You know, well, especially in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he had such integrity. I mean, as far of course. Most people must know, but I mean, he actually could speak. the The mute thing was uh, just a, a character in the films, and and um, but uh, I know that toward the end of his life, uh, a large soft drink company offered him a hundred thousand, which was a lot of money, I think, in '64, to say two words in a commercial and tell that story, Bill. That he- well, basically, he had several offers mm-hmm. to uh, say one or two words, and he turned them down all the time because he felt he would be violating the trust that the right. audience that he had created would ha- have in him. And they they just wouldn't expect that. And, yeah. uh, and so he never took anybody up on it. They, yeah. As a result, he, he uh, maintained the integrity of the character that he created. Yeah. Uh, I, I might recommend one thing because it's, uh, it's, uh, we talk about celebrity, and mm-hmm. uh, we usually think of them in, in one or two dimensions, you know, what they do and, you know, kind of a little peripheral uh, uh, promotion and uh, all of that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, if you if you go to Harpo's Harpo'sPlace dot com, mm-hmm. you will see what a total uh, person he was. He was not just a comedian. He was not just an entertainer. He was not just a musician. He was not uh, just a movie actor. He was a family man, mm-hmm. and he painted. An painted art, an uh, mm-hmm. and when he wasn't able to work, uh, he um, 
for a while after a heart attack. He took to painting and mm-hmm. painted lots of stuff, which he gave away to charities. And, and uh, it, it, we, we have to look sometimes beyond just the, the, the superficial of what makes a celebrity, because mm-hmm. a celebrity is made by audiences, not right. by themselves. And he was a total man. He had a curiosity for creativity. Mm-hmm. And he, and and uh, I think you'll uh, when you see harposplace.com, yeah. you'll understand why I put that up there for people to, you know, kind of remember or get to learn about. Yeah, it's really great. Well, but Joe, did you know he spoke one line in Too Many Kisses, but it was a silent movie. Oh. <laughs> it, it, you're absolutely yeah. uh, absolutely right. He he did get a card, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that, that, that said what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he 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 got a bad review. <laughs> well, I remember the line. It was, "You sure you can't move?" Because then I think he. Punched I think there the, was um, one or two. Uh, one or two. Uh, one or two lines, but he did not get a good line in silent films and uh, and a good good uh, review in silent films. But he he got a great reviews in in, in the talkies. Talk. Yeah, right, and that's something. He played a silent character in the talkies, <laughs> but he couldn't play a talking car- character in the silence. That's amazing. <laughs> Now, now, Bill, you grew up mostly in the desert, El Rancho Harpa. Why did your dad choose that? And you've been out there most of your life, and uh, tell us why. Okay. Well, uh, once again, I was older, about five or six years older than the the accompanying uh, siblings that I have. And um, uh, we had lived in a, in a little town called Beverly Hills, California, before it became... <laughs> Beverly Hills. Ah. It was just a burgeoning little town, mm-hmm. very quiet, and, and, and some movie people lived there and mm-hmm. all. But it was it was uh, almost like you could consider a midwestern town, you know, in Nebraska, someplace. That's how folksy it was. And then it started to change, and it started to get, uh, as far as my dad was concerned, uh, too pretentious uh, mm-hmm. a place for him to stay and he didn't have to always be there for a, a, a shooting schedule or movies he could come in and he always was a sun worshiper mm-hmm. and they had been coming down to the uh, Palm Springs area in the Coachella Valley mm-hmm. for years as a getaway and he just decided he'd pull everybody out of uh, Beverly Hills and moved them down. I built a house called El Rancho Harpo, and mm-hmm. uh, by that time I was back east at Juilliard studying uh, composition, and so uh, my siblings had the privilege and the pl- pleasure of growing up in a small town. Mm-hmm. At that time, this was a very small area, too, in mm-hmm. terms of population. And uh, they had horses, and they they really got to kind of appreciate what what growing up is really all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he just loved it down here. He was a, a, a sun worshiper and he liked a the golf, avid right? golfer, avid go. golfer. Yes. He was a student of the game. He would play no matter how hot it got, right? We know it that. didn't make any difference. <laughs> and I, I I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he used to like to, I guess, get dressed and jump in people's pools and get back on the golf course, right? I mean, uh, that's right. Well, and we did it in the summer. <laughs> uh, I must tell you, Dad was um, um, a, a person uh, who just 
listen to to whatever was going on inside of him mm-hmm. and we were we were rehearsing one day for one of the albums that we did together uh for Mercury Records and uh at the time and and I had come home from New York uh to, to uh rehearse with him uh-huh. and uh, do the arrangements and all that stuff and I was down there in in uh, Palm Springs area and he said, I don't feel like rehearsing today. Let's go out and play a round of golf. But, Bill, let's and take a look. I must tell you that he he uh, was one of the two or three creators of Tamaris Country Club, yeah. which is down here. Right. And uh, he and Sinatra and Jack Benny and uh, and a couple of other guys. All right, Bill, let's, uh, we have to take our break, though, right now, and we're going to come start right where we left off uh, with you. We're talking with Bill Marks, son of Harpo Marks, and we'll talk about this great golf story uh, when we come back from the break. All right, we are back with the second half of the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and now this is the time where Richard thanks our sponsors. A big thank you to all our sponsors. Also, a big Happy New Year to all our sponsors. Couldn't do it without them. UBS, Michael Caronta and Drew Friedis with UBS. Again, Happy New Year and thank you. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet, Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, a great CFO firm with five offices along the West Coast. Also, the CPA firm of Polito Epic, CPAs Paul Polito and Don Epic up in San Marcos. Paul Polito, a recent Advisor of the Year award winner. Also, Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group, helping business owners understand the risks that drive their businesses and if you can reduce that risk, how you can increase the value of the business. Talking about making money, how about Joel Grushkin and Kurt Gotro with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, with all this money that you make um, from, from Joel and, and um, Carl, we can um, spend it on what? A, a, what? How about a night at the races? I mean, a day at the races, a night at the opera. We can order room service. We can um, go west. Um, what else can we do, Joe? Spend it at the big store. I like and a maybe night. Maybe go to yeah. a night in, in Casablanca. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to put that money in the bank and not do any of those fun things, how about California Republic Bank with Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott, a very nice bank uh, originating out of Orange County that now has a branch here in La Jolla that specializes in working with family offices and wealthy families. Also, Brenda Geiger with the Geiger Law Office, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. Also, Neil Haley with Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employees benefit firm. LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Paul Hines, who's the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. And Paul, of course, also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org um, initiative here in San Diego that helps to prevent elder financial abuse. Absolutely. So we've got some great sponsors where our listeners can go find out more about where, Mr. Vecchio. Well, if they get over to IYMoney.com on any of your computers or devices, uh, there is a sponsor tab along the top of the page. There's a drop-down menu there once you get your cursor on it, and you could find uh, you could learn about any one or all of them right there. There's their uh, their professional history there, their contact information and I know they've been working with you for many years with great success, right? In some cases, 30 years. Yeah. Since I was seven. And there's also a guest tab now. We have all the all of our guests alphabetized going back to 2011. So uh, anywhere from Billie Jean King to George Decay to Don Rickles to Erwin Jacobs, Malin Burnham, all these, Jim Lampley, all these VIP, Dick Enberg, 
who I know Bill's a baseball fan. We can talk about that. But um, they're all there. You can find them by their last name, uh, and you can hear those podcasts. And that's no monkey business, Joe. Yeah, (laughs) including the famous chicken, which was great. But anyway, Bill, we're back with Bill Marks, son of Harpo Marks, and he was telling us the story about uh, when he went golfing, when when Harpo went golfing. So where do we leave off? Where do we leave it hanging? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are coconuts. We are. Uh, oh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, when Jack I returned thought we were double to his dynamite, digs, but anyway. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so he said, hey, look, it's uh, middle of summer, and uh, there's no dress code, so just wear whatever you want, and we'll, we'll get out there, and we'll, we'll, we'll play a quick round of golf, because uh, it's, it's just... I, I feel like it. <laughs> so he says, I'll go get the the, the uh, golf cart, and I'll meet you in the front of the house. So he comes in, and, and he drives up, and uh, I get in the golf cart, and we're tootling off, and uh, and I, I look over at him, and I notice he doesn't have any clothes on. <laughs> and I, I, I had a, a, a conflict immediately because I didn't want to – tell him that I noticed because at his age at that time was 73, 74, I was afraid he might think that I might think that he's starting to lose it. So uh, I didn't say anything. I just looked straight ahead and Uh we got to the first hole and he gets out, he gets this driver and 185 right down the middle. It, it, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a long driver, but he was a deadly short game, uh-huh. and uh, we, we put the drive and I we hit, and then we went off and we trundled down the fairway and found our ball and he got out and shot again. Well, we did this uh, for 18 holes. All, all along the way, whenever he was really hot, he would jump into a neighbor's pool uh-huh. adjacent to one of the fairways, cool himself off, get back in the uh, <laughs> golf cart, and go back and <laughs> hit his next shot. Did this for whole 18 uh, uh-huh. uh, holes. Uh-huh. And uh, I was, in 1985, I was on the David Letterman show, and I think you can get it on the YouTube, uh-huh. and I, I related this story to Letterman, and the way he concluded the interview, uh, he said, uh, I don't suppose I ought to ask you where he kept his teas. <laughs> Anyway, so, well, look, you could get away with a lot back then, and it does get hot in the desert, and, yeah. uh, you know, what the heck. So. Any, any strange sunburn issues arise yeah. out of that experience? <laughs> oh, God, he was, uh, he just loved, uh, he, well, he, he would have probably been a, a, a nudist or something yeah. uh, had he not had such celebrity, because it wasn't, uh, it was only about, the freedom that, that, that all those guys i mean they just lived life to the fullest yeah and fortunately uh, uh when they created tamarisk the pro that dad got to be their first year to help sell memberships the pro was ben hogan oh, oh wow. my gosh wow yeah it was huh. it was great and 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 uh then of course ellsworth vines came in and and they sold 
all these wonderful plots of land to build houses on on these uh, on these uh, fairways and all and it's it's still there yeah. it's still there well frank sinatra is one of the first members i mean right a lot of vips there right yes frank yeah. was and jack benny oh. uh, your money and your life. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about I'm it. You're thinking, thinking it over. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. Now, Jack, and, and it was it was really uh, uh, almost wild west out here. Yeah. But time. your dad was a he was a great croquet player too, right? He's in the ho- uh, in the um, Hall of Fame, the Croquet Hall of Fame. Yeah. Wow. Believe it or not, you look it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, they have a a, a, a national croquet tournament out here mm-hmm. that they've they've changed the name to the Har- the Harpo Croquet uh, Challenge or oh, whatever it is. What a nice so they there. they know about dad and is he was a very competitive fellow. Was he friendly and, with uh, Frank Sinatra by the way and and all Oh the... yeah, oh, oh sure. Nice. In fact, they just lived around the corner from one another and huh. of course Zeppo lived across the fairway. Huh. From Frank, and huh. then of course Zeppel was married to a lady by the name of Barbara Blakely, who later went on to be what? Barbara Oliver, right. who then later went on <laughs> to be Barbara Marks, and who later went on to be Barbara Sinatra. Right. And I still see Barbara. Uh, in fact, I'm, I work at the Barbara Sinatra Center for Abused Children, right. and. We uh, it's it's a wonderful organization. It uh, it's uh, capital flow is fantastic. It's in good shape, and the, the you know you just your heart just goes out to all these kids yeah. that have either been sexually or emotionally abused, yeah. and uh, some of them come out okay, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all, but some yeah. of them do, and it's all free for the kids. Isn't that and great? So Isn't it's great? it's wonderful. And and uh, Frank created it originally for Barbara, yeah. and he would he would get all of his buddies to kick, kick in, in, like yeah. Cubby Broccoli, who mm-hmm. did the James Bond movie, yeah. and a lot of money came in from the uh, show business people. So, and it's 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 in its twenty sixth year now. Yeah, that's that's a great, and, and of course, it's a sister organization to the Betty Ford Clinic for people who know that one, and it, and they're, it's all connected to the Eisenhower Medical Center out there, right? Yeah, 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 and they're doing yeah. great work. That's that's uh, really uh, you have to be a special person. I'm to... still looking for the one for the, 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 uh, to maybe it, it'll be for abused piano players or something. <laughs> like. Wayward musicians. Yeah, or way, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can only take so much heckling. Oh you know? my gosh! <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're coming up on another break here. But this is really flying along here. We may have to, we may have to do a bonus track, but uh, we'll be right back with the son of Harper Marks, Bill Marks, musician and composer in his own right, right after these words. Hang on. <laughs> All right, we're back in the, sec- the last segment of It's Your Money and Your Life with the son of Harpo Marks, Bill Marks. And uh, gosh, Bill, so many stories. You may have to do a bonus track. I mean, I know you worked at Desilu as a youngster. And uh, that episode where, where Harpo was on with Lucy, I think, is one of the highest-rated episodes ever, right? It was the mirror team from Duck Soup, right? Of yeah. 178 episodes, it's the fourth 
most popular behind, uh, you know, Vegemita, Vegemita Girl, <laughs> <coughs> and also the Chocolate Factory, oh, yeah. and I think, uh, and the Bill Holden thing, and then, yeah. then Dad. Yeah, you know. isn't that something? Uh, but the, the most important thing about that particular show was what I learned for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, a page there, but I was also dad's prop man. I started when I was 12 in England. I also was in uh, the act. That's when uh, there was still vaudeville going on in British vaudeville circuit. Mm-hmm. And I had been as prop man all those years. So I was about 17 or 18 by that time. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all of my dad's arranging for him, for his harp, for all of his television shows. Mm-hmm. And he, he validated my me, and, and he believed in me more than I believed in myself. Oh, and, wow. But I went ahead and did the work. Mm-hmm. But at that particular day, if you go and back and look at that mirror sequence, which originally came from uh, from vaudeville, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they perfected it to make it theirs mm-hmm. the way they wanted, yeah. um, uh, th- that was probably the most memorable of all of the, the, the things that have happened in in uh, in my recollection. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody remembers seeing the Lucy Show, yep. and if if you don't remember, you're either too old to remember, or you you're dead because yeah. <laughs> it was done in, in 1956, uh-huh. and most people didn't realize. That it had 20 years prior to that, it was in a movie called Duck Soup. Yeah. Which, uh, and, and where they did the mirror scene. What was, was a stretch for dad. Uh, Lucy played dad's part. Right. And, and, and dad played Groucho's part. Isn't that something? So uh, at the conclusion of the mirror scene, when he plays Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which incidentally I forgot all these years that Uh I did the arrangement for on that particular show. Uh, At the end of his uh, harpening, he he decides to chase Lucy's cousin around, you know, and (laughs) and he grabs her and he throws her over his shoulder. Uh And this is in front of a live audience. Now, (laughs) we have to understand they didn't have the editing capabilities that they subsequently have had. Mm -hmm. And so you had to kind of make the scene work the whole time in front of audiences that uh, are are there and seeing it for the first time. And he he picks up his... uh, his, uh, uh, harp stool, and as he's walking out with this gal on his shoulder. Don't forget, he had just had a heart attack six months prior. Oh, geez. And he he uh, was in his late 60s, mm-hmm. and his hat fell off. And what he did is he put the, the, uh, the harp stool down, bent over with his knees, picked up his hat, put it back on us and, and took the, uh, without, without dropping her <laughs> and, uh, picked up his harp stool and walked out. And to me, that was the defining moment of what a professional is. And when you, when you play the moment, you do the whole thing and you don't say cut, uh-huh. I drop my hat. Let's say, no. You and keep going. It, to me, that that's the greatest moment in my life 
uh, to uh, reflect upon my dad. Yeah, you just have to, to plow ahead. Now he couldn't. Next time, next hmm? time you get a chance to see that show, take a look and, and see what I'm talking about. I will. It's probably on YouTube, right? Is that on YouTube? All it must be. Oh somewhere. yeah, you can find it. Outstanding. Now, there he, isn't anything you can't find on YouTube. Yeah, well, hard, hardly. Yeah, you know, most everything's there. Um, now, your dad couldn't read music, could he? I mean, you helped him with the arrangements just by conducting with your hands and, and working out arrangements ahead of time, right? Yeah. Well, basically, uh, I I devised a method mm-hmm. for him to read music, and it had nothing to do with notes. It had to do with letters, mm. the letters of the notes. And I would arrange like E G, you know, uh, A C yeah. sharp, then, yeah. and I would write them across, you know, across the page. Mm-hmm. I would write the melody, and underneath it, I would put write in the, the harmonies, the huh. the uh, vertical harmonies yeah. to go along with it. And he he could read read that way, yeah. uh, but never learned how to read music. Now, and the harp is a people don't know. There's I don't know how many foot pedals. There's three positions for every foot pedal, and I don't know how many strings on a harp. I don't even know that. I mean, it must be forty-seven strings on a harp. How many foot uh, pedals? Seven pedals, three and, pedal positions. Oh my gosh! If 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 you want to select a particular note to play, not just uh, a lot of notes, but just one note, and the chance of you getting that right. There's 964 ways <laughs> to screw it up. that you can screw up <laughs> by doing the wrong thing. So yeah. uh, it's 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 a, a very difficult instrument to master, yeah. and it's also rewarding in the way is next time you ever get a chance to be around a harp, yeah. you sit down and put it on your shoulder. Yeah. And just strum it, yeah. and you'll feel vibrations going through your entire body, hmm. and it's one of the most erotic feelings you can <laughs> ever have. <laughs> and that's why. Maybe that's when, why he liked when, it so when much. You saw Dad play the harp. <laughs> he had <laughs> you, that grin. You, you would you would see the transformation yeah. from Harpo to Arthur Marks. Well, now he I know why he wrote Moon. Now I know it. why he wrote Moon Tune. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you remember Moon Tune? I do. Yeah, you wrote and that. And of course, Guardian Angels, yeah. which was the the, uh, the one really what we might call Biggie in his in his uh, harp bench. Yeah. Uh, it was one of only six songs in the Mario Lanza album, uh, that a uh, Christmas album, uh, that uh, were selected to have Mario sing. And he did a beautiful job on it too. Well, and well, and uh, Mahalia did. Yeah, but, but, but did your, dad, a, your dad played a lot of instruments, right? Not just the harp. Well, he always had an affection for the clarinet. Okay. Mm. And and he played the clarinet and coconuts, and he played mm-hmm. and he played the harmonica, and he t- he played piano, mm. and he he taught Chico how to play the piano. And uh, not the way Chico played it, but he, you know, he showed him the ropes. And Dad was always uh, interested in some kind of uh, uh, musical instrument he would do. And 
the I don't know why, but he just had such an affection for the clarinet. Yeah. Now, Bill, you're playing in the desert. If people want to come out and hear you perform, I know you have a little jazz group and whatever, and uh, you're very well known out in, in uh, Rancho Mirage and Palm Springs. Where can they come see you? I'm fighting for my relevancy. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, you're playing uh, at a few clubs out there, right? Uh, well, yeah. Basically, I, I'm now doing a solo, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I just love playing uh for people yeah. uh, having done uh, composing all of my life it wasn't until i i went on a road for five years with mm -hmm. the uh, the aforementioned carol mclaughlin yeah. i believe she had a harpist mm -hmm. and uh for a columbia artist and, and that's when i all of a sudden said i i like being in front of people more than I do sitting and doing monk's work, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah. as a composer. So uh, I just love to play for people. I'm playing at a wonderful little place. What's you the name have of it? to go through a trailer park in Cathedral City, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's this marvelous little restaurant and and parking lot and so forth. It's called AJ's on the Green. AJ's on the Green. Yeah, it's the Date Palm Country Club. Okay. Uh, right off of Date Palm. But what's amazing is the, it's on a golf course. Wow. And just beyond AJ's are million dollar homes. Wow. Well, and, all right, but we gotta we gotta pause it right there. Sure. We're gonna do a bonus track. Go to iwamoney.com to get the rest of this interview with Bill. But anyway, want to thank Justin Hart for uh, making a song good on our, our board. Richard, great seeing you. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to everybody. And, Make 2016 um, a great year. Happy New Year. And uh, thanks to Craig Blank, our con executive, and our programming genius here, Dave Sniffy, KFMB. All these podcasts at iwamoney.com, and we'll see you next time.